Hello, 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 and welcome to the Altwork Podcast, where we explore the new frontiers of work and challenge everything you thought you knew about your career, business, and the world of work. I am Victoria Rellas. And I'm Sakib Rasul. And today we'll be talking about reinventing your career in troubled times and navigating the changing landscape of work. A heavy conversation. So what inspired... But fun. Heavy but fun. Yeah, well, we we'll make we make sure we'll make it fun. So okay. what inspired this com- this uh, episode was the anxiety and stress that we observed many people around us falling into when it came to thinking about the work and career for the new year. Um, this is some anxiety and stress that even I fall into, especially in the beginning of the year, thinking about our work and career. So yeah, and also on top of that, there's no question that these are some challenging times. And I have a feeling that 2024 is only going to be more challenging. I mean, for example, just a couple of days ago, Saikib, uh, you were telling me about Duolingo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how they let go like half of their staff or a good number of their staff because AI has completely changed the game of translation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people are losing jobs because of AI and other reasons too. Um, and so now they're having to like, in a way, reinvent themselves and their careers. So all this change uh, can be perturbing, to say the least. Um, so the question for this episode, what we're tackling on today, is how can one even think about their career and their work uh, during such troubled times? You know, how can we get over these moods of overwhelm and stress about the unknown and about all these changes are ha- that are happening so that we can actually take advantage of them? Um, because we could just say, like, you know, develop these moods, but it's it's much easier said than done when someone mm-hmm. has just lost their job, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> so where do you, you want to begin, you know, where do you want to begin this conversation with? Do you have begin, a... We could begin by saying, you know, what do we mean by hard times? We don't just, because we don't want to take um, what, like, by hard times, we don't just mean in general, very hard times. Like there are certain things that are happening that are mm-hmm. causing some um, causing some people to mm-hmm. uh, well, like to lose their jobs and other stuff, right? So mm-hmm. maybe we can start by beginning to talk about that, okay. okay. yeah, let's let's begin there. You know, it's um you said the hard times. I think for some people, it's definitely hard times, but uh, for some people, it might look like a great deal of opportunity. Some are maybe feeling themselves still pretty safe and secure. Um, Hard times uh, are maybe not uh, unanimous like across the board, but what's really across the board true that these are uh, tumultuous times. These are changing times. Hmm. These are the times where we have trouble. You know, trouble is headed our way. Uh, and the trouble is headed our way in many in many shapes and forms. And uh, obviously, uh, uh, there are some things that are driving this change. There are some emergences, some mm-hmm. things that are happening. The emergence of AI, for example, um, LLMs and the, the generative pre-transformer technology and GPT technology, that has totally changed the game mm-hmm. of... Uh, in so many different careers, and it will continue to change the game in other careers. 
what's going on right now that there is a great deal of um, uh, revolution, I think, has already begun. But it's it, right now, it is even before the early days. These are not even the early days yet. This is ground zero kind of days where this has just happened. And uh, some professions like uh, uh, thousands of workers that just got laid off from Duolingo, they are experiencing- And mm -hmm. law, right? I'm sorry? And lawyers as well. Yeah, so so the translation career, so the so the legal career, so the copywriting career, content career, so many of these careers are obviously in trouble right away. The programmer's career, that has been much sought after and high salaries in that career, they're all uh, diminishing essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is just uh, about the emergence of AI. Then mm -hmm. what else we got going on that are contributing to these troubled times? Mm -hmm. um, there is something going on with the moods of people and that is across the globe. Mm -hmm. When Pakistani, my Pakistani friends and relatives talk to me, whatever they report about Pakistan and I report to them about what's happening in the United States, we we agree that this is something very similar. There is kind of like a, a dividing of the people, people dividing up into camps, not listening to each other, yeah. um, tyrannical practices by their governments, um, the people, uh, the disappearance of money and accumulation of money in few hands, the mm -hmm. lack of opportunity, and generally the moods of resentment and the moods mm -hmm. of resignation, they're yeah. growing across the board. Yeah, and um, in part because of um, uh, some wars that are happening, right? And that's definitely, you're, you're, you went to the third major thing, is the political instability that yeah. is happening across Asia, in the Middle East, and this political instability is definitely right here at home in United States, in Canada, in Mexico, the three stomping, your three stomping grounds, huh? Yeah. The All this, this region is also beginning to be engulfed by the political instability that classically had been stable for, for some time. Um, let's see what else is contributing to these troubled times. Well, the, uh, uh, the climate crisis as well. Definitely, yeah. definitely. The climate crisis, it's making uh, uh, changes in crop yields and food production systems. And soon enough, uh, we will have other kinds of, you know, unexpected earthquakes and um, yeah. strong winds and rain and all the natural elements. They, they disrupt life. Now, those are the things we can obviously see. And that is the thing about emergence that mm -hmm. we get so trapped in this business of predicting uh, that we think that the the nature and the society and the economy will work according to our predictions, mm -hmm. but it doesn't work like this. Emergences are showing up, new things that are popping up, anomalistic occurrences are happening, and they're not right away positive or negative. Each thing that is happening, it opens up opportunity for, for something new to emerge or something that was maybe hidden before, like this conflict in Russia and Ukraine and the conflict in Israel and Gaza. All these issues had been um, hidden so far. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, and now these issues uh, starting to be starting to be known and starting to be um, uh, bring to the surface, mm -hmm. and that that uh, that is contributing to a great deal of troubled times. Yeah, but you know when we were talking about we were talking about this yesterday, and one thing we wanted to say is that we don't want to paint a picture of this as like the doomsday, you know, like the end of the world is coming in 2024. No, we're not trying to do that. Uh, we're not trying to sensationalize. Sensationalized, that's right. Yeah. This year as like the doomsday, no. I mean, no. hopefully the world continues, but it's just a matter of it being difficult. Um, hmm. all these changes that are happening. But just yesterday, you were sharing with me about how you heard from someone that when, um, uh, about the horses, remember? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how when we first originally started riding horses, mm -hmm. uh, a whole new opportunity came up, right? Mm -hmm. Before, like, um, you can only go so far, you can only own so much land because like the human body capacity only allowed for so much but once we started to be able to ride horses that changed and so emergencies come up and like for example with a nuclear bomb is a very different example but also an example of something new available and now suddenly it changed the whole game of how countries interact with each other and how we threat each other and how we you know stay safe and everything right Mm -hmm. um, so these are emergencies that have been happening since the beginning. Since the beginning, there has always been uh, things coming up, emergence sh emergencies showing up, change happening, and human beings um, have reached this far. We have been able to, in a way, look at those emergencies and deal with them and mm -hmm. take opportunity of some, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so that invited me into a mood of like resilience a little bit you know mm. instead of desperation mm. um yeah mm. yeah so I, I i see uh where your hopefulness uh, may come from and i think we need to make a distinction mm. uh between uh hope and faith over here there's there's some mm. small distinction here that mm. might be important Hope okay. is often a tool of the resigned, mm. hoping, uh, hoping, praying, wishing. It makes no difference at all. And what we, but what you're talking about is some kind of a faith, faith in resilience, faith in human beings' uh, capacity to learn, to cope with what's going on, uh, human beings' capacity to change. And what you're referring to, the conversation we had earlier, thank you for bringing it up, is the conversation uh, about the emergence of power. Hmm. When new power emerges, it reconfigures the, the political landscapes, the economic landscapes, and that ends up reconfiguring what we consider to be our careers. And we're at one such time. So hmm. you gave example of the horses when first time we let's say discovered horses like four or 5,000 years ago, uh, we begin to, you know, some people see this animal in nature and begin to begin to have the use for it. And as we formalize the practice a little bit, look, it changed the, recon it changed the configuration of farming. 
it changed the configuration of uh, what do we call a uh, property you know mm -hmm. how much property you can call yours that that begins to have a new horizon of possibility mm -hmm. and often when the new power emerges the rules are not clear mm -hmm. also the people that that discover new power in the case of atomic power you're talking about and uh, recently we all uh, have been uh, marveling and uh, watching Oppenheimer with so, some kind of a mood of awe and um, and desperation uh, that the the inventors themselves don't quite yet know what this is going to do mm -hmm. and how this is going to change the way we relate to each other. So we are in one such time of a change. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe that the invention of GPT the is is one such kind of a power and we don't still know what is going to be happening here we have to give it a little bit time as it begins to settle into practices so in times like this when you if you have a career as a military man if you have a uh, when atomic energy is uh, discovered or you have a career um, as a farmer or as a land uh, landowner, when horses are discovered, the old careers before the discovery and after the discovery, they, they disappear. Mm. Like when chemistry begins to be the subject, the alchemy shops, they they begin to be in trouble. They begin to disappear. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, such a change is once again happening in our careers. Mm. And this change is inviting us to rethink that what would be uh, what would be the career mm. um, going forward? Mm. And in this conversation, I, I want to explore explore with you a little bit about what does that mean. But mm. I'm just curious to hear what are your reactions and what's what's being provoked for you. Yeah, no, I what you said was was beautiful, and um, yeah, it it made me think about. Right now, the main change happening is AI, right? Mm. Uh, so certain jobs uh, are going to shift or not so much disappear, but turn into other other different jobs, right? But I can see how at a like at a human level, this can be very stressful and scary because there's doubt of like, will I be able to um, to succeed or will I get will I fall behind and not know how to move forward and not be able to get a job and not be able to pay rent and take care of my family. Right. There's mm -hmm. like this, these, these moods of desperation that kick in about uh, what the hell to do. Um, so, mm. so yeah, it's a, it's a serious thing. Um, so should we dive a little bit deeper into AI and how that is shifting and, yeah, let me let me maybe ask you a question. I think okay. that you know ask our, ourselves a question, but I'd like to hear um, sure. your reactions to it, and then maybe reflect on it a little bit together. Is that um, when this kind of a change is happening? Mm -hmm. I think the question on everyone's mind, at least on my mind, and many people um, that are studying with me and working with us um, in various projects on their mind is is that how do we think about career then? Then what is career? Yeah. When such a change is occurring, mm -hmm. when all this tumult and all this, uh, all this chaos and all this trouble that is making the old jobs uh, irrelevant, 
how do we think about the new jobs? The new titles are not available. The new mm. distinctions are not yet uh, well known. So how does, you know, what does one do and how does one begin to even think about what is my career and uh, how am I going to grow in my career? I mm. want to, maybe you want to start a little bit uh, <laughs> with some reflections and then we can, we can dive in. Sure. I mean, talk a little bit, you know, in your, in your generation, in your, in your friends, in the people that you're tuned into through social media and through personal conversations, how, what, it, what are the moods like? And what is your uh, um, idea about how the new jobs are going to be known and what could people do in the meantime? How do people transition? How does mm -hmm. one position themselves to, to not get under the wave, but ride this wave of change very well? Hmm. Mm, I don't know about how the rest of my generation is thinking about this, about career mm. and uh, stuff like that. But um, for for me and maybe a close friends of mine, I think um, firstly, uh, letting go of... Uh, of like job titles because that's I mean they're they're going away anyways <laughs> whether we want to hang on to them or not right like your my career is not my job title uh what is my job title I don't even know I do so much we do so much together um um and I say let go of a job title because we also change jobs but just because we change jobs doesn't mean that we are um that our career changes like I see career as a commitment commitment to something um so so yeah and I think that commitment can take you very far um yeah but I don't know what do you, what do you think about what about career ah the same question I asked you but yeah. how do we um I think that you I think you went in a very good direction starting with stop looking to belong to titles, yeah. right? Stop looking to belong to uh, boxes that have been pre-named uh, before you. You know, we love belonging to boxes that have been pre-named. I am this and this, and I'm this kind of a person. And you, yeah. you can no longer hide behind the old titles. The yeah. old titles of work are like those coins that have been in circulation for so long that their faces have rubbed off. And now you can't really tell uh, what is the value of this coin. Mm -hmm. You can't really tell, and it doesn't feel valuable in the new era. And mm -hmm. then begin to see where opportunity is showing up when, when change shows up, when wars show up, when political instability show up, when economic instability or a new technical emergence, or sometime it's an emergence in laws and regulations and policy, uh, or sometimes it's an emergence in disease like we had uh, first pandemic. When any kind of emergence shows up, the jobs, they don't disappear. The work doesn't just disappear. Mm -hmm. There is actually a great deal of work to be done. Mm -hmm. That work has to do with the dissatisfactions and the satisfactions of people that they want so much. Um, often the job titles have to do with how we organized the, the dissatisfaction and the satisfaction structures in the past. When there's a stable time, we can clearly see that here's all the dissatisfactions and to deal with these dissatisfactions, here is all the satisfactions and here are the titles. Mm -hmm. 
and the whole story is organized. But now the story is no longer organized, but still people, uh, people have uh, concerns, people have um, uh, sometimes necessities or sometimes a new, like every single business right now uh, should be, must be, and probably is uh, thinking about how mm -hmm. are we going to deal with the emergence of AI? How does that impact our business? Mm -hmm. And if you are not thinking, if you are a businessman, businesswoman, you are in your career, you're working for a corporate, or you have your own startup, whether you have a thousand person startup or a single person startup, if you're responsible and you are not, uh, you're responsible for the revenue generation, just to finish my thought there, uh, and you're not thinking about AI, you're not thinking about GPT emergence, then you have your head buried in a sand, okay? And that's not going to work out for you. Um, you're sitting ducks and you don't want to be sitting ducks. Um, so look, a new concern shows up. When uh, global uh, stability and global supply chains are disrupted, when you cannot do the things you did before, a new kind of an opportunity for local manufacturing shows up. People yeah. still uh, need uh, things uh, built and things made and so on and so forth. Um, mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is that as a next step to letting go, trying to belong to titles, you must begin to see that what are the new dissatisfactions that are showing up? Yeah. What do people, uh, I want to say need done, but that's a tricky thing. When we, uh, when we use the word need, Need is often very clear. I need a toothpaste. I need a bottle of milk. I need eggs. Those needs are clear. Mm -hmm. But when new emergencies show up, the needs have not been clear. So you need a special kind of, um, um, you need to install a special kind of a nose that can like smell that where those dissatisfactions are. Because those dissatisfactions, they are not yet needs. Yeah. They show up first. And you mentioned the necessity of uh, looking at our moods and how everybody starts to have moods uh, that are like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Any dissatisfaction, new dissatisfaction that shows up, it first show up like a bad mood. Mm. It first shows up as a frustration. At, at first, it shows up sometimes even a fear or or resentment about the you know how many people um in the from the older generation we have met and talked to that are so resentful about ai that are so mm -hmm. resentful about what's going on mm -hmm. so you have to look at this as an opportunity you yeah. can say that there is some dissatisfaction going on and what can i do how can i prepare myself yeah. What steps I need to take to prepare myself? See, another thing, let me riff off of the same point you brought up sure. um, about the titles. There is another addiction we have, Victoria. We don't just have addiction to the titles. We are addicted to recipes. We want recipes. Mm -hmm. uh, we want easy how-tos. How do I get this done? How do I do this? How do I do that? So we have this addiction to the how-to recipes. Mm. The problem is that, that the old recipes, they are not going to deliver. Mm. 
So you need to start asking a different kind of a how-to. And even though you may not have the answer, like a clear answer right away, mm -hmm. the different how-to you need to ask is how do I prepare myself mm -hmm. to, uh, to take advantage of the opportunity to ride the new wave? Yeah. And as you ask this question about preparing yourself, um, you need a mood of joy at the engagement because you're not going to have answers right away. You might need to experiment um, uh, like crazy. Many of your experiments may not work. Like what we're doing at Concevian here, we have invented this new kind of a technology of happiness. We, I, I call it technology of happiness, a new way, not psychology, but ontology, mm -hmm. a new way of looking at how people are being, a new way of uh, uh, examining reality and examining satisfaction and dissatisfaction. Let's call it technology for happiness. The older technology, the old orientation has people gripped. With this technology, how many experiments we are having to do and again and again and again, and sometimes many of our experiments don't work. In the beginning of the experiment, we're confident. It sounds like a good idea. It yeah. sounds like the right thing to do. And yeah. then we do the experiment and the mood that we invite ourselves, you invite me, I invite you. As a team, we begin to invite ourselves these moods um, of uh, sometimes a joy at a failure, a joy at a failed attempt at something, because that failed attempt can now teach you yeah. about what is the dissatisfaction in people and what offer might work. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll pause here and see what is what is this doing to you and uh, where do you wanna where do you think we should take this next? This is doing a lot. Um, I mean, um, you're right. Like you said, with all of these uh ter like uh, changes happening, the the possibility to care does not diminish. It actually grows with more um. Mm -hmm. satisfaction showing up or like um, breakdowns showing up like for example AI right as in it first shows up as maybe a breakdown in your world of like okay I don't know how to use this it's kind of taking my job but it could turn into okay a lot of other people don't know how to use this maybe I can prepare myself to learn to use this very well and then teach other people how to use this in my domain right yes. um like it can you there's so much opportunity that can actually show up if you yes. um if you if you take on this mood of well not so mood but like the question you asked is so good of how can i prepare myself for uh mm -hmm. or you know navigating this change that's a really good question i think right um, and then about us our work at Contivian, you're right we do so many experiments and we are very confident in the beginning that every single one of our experiments is going to work. And sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. um, but at least, um, and oh, another thing you said was, you know, let's not belonging to titles. Mm -hmm. So then what do you belong to? And my response mm -hmm. to that has always been people. Mm -hmm. And at Concevian, uh, we belong to each other very well. Like our, mm -hmm. our team, even though it's small, and our customers, who we mm -hmm. love so much, they give us everything we need. When mm -hmm. an experiment doesn't work, we look at it and think, okay, what, how did we, what did we miss? What listening um, went missing here, you know? Um, our customers are 
are everything. And it is our commitment, I think, to them, to belonging to them and their concerns and breakdowns that um, that helps us create offers that do work. Um, yeah, belonging, belonging is a whole, we could do a whole episode on belonging, I think, because it's so mm-hmm. important. At, at the end of the day, I think it's what makes, or at least what makes me continue to do the work that we do, even though sometimes it can get very difficult in our job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so maybe we will do an episode, but let's, uh, let's explore that a little yeah, bit sure. right now, right? Let's see, you know, I think let's explore a more practical dimension of it. And another day we'll get philosophical about it. The yeah. practical dimension of belonging is uh, identifying who your customer is, who your people are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we use the word customer here, not as someone who is a uh, wallet on legs, okay? We're not talking about wallets on legs that we're going to extract the money out of. We're talking about people that you provide some value and some care and they pay you. So they are serious about receiving the value. You are Mm -hmm. serious about providing the value. And I think it creates this beautiful relationship where you're on hook to satisfy someone. So uh, keeping that interpretation of what we mean by customer, you need to ask once again who my customers are. Mm. Far too long, we have been engaged in this business of um, identifying markets from a detached perspective, mm. you know, standing outside of market. Like my, my customers are gonna be uh, uh, men from the age of uh, uh, 38 till 45, whose belly have grown out of proportion and now they want to lose it. And now there's a clear need that I need to lose uh, belly and grow eight pack or six pack or however many packs that you need to grow there. And, you know, it's all very clear, right? Hmm. But what happens when change like that happens? Or my customers are those that want to get uh, user experience uh, developed on the front end, or my customers are those that want me to write like a TV script or a movie script, like in your the the thing that you studied. But when change happens, like GPT suddenly entered the game and wars entered the game and epidemics entered the game and political unrest, the you need to see once again who your people are, how you have, have been looking at your people, it doesn't work. So a lot of the recipes, a lot of the formulas, a lot of the courses, a lot of the uh, lot of the the standard advice, the general advice it stops working. It doesn't deliver because you lose track of who your people are. You need to see once again at Concevian here in our business, we have had to do this repeatedly. Hmm. We started by saying, okay, you know, our customers are, uh, we first, you know, I come, I have a Microsoft background. So I said, okay, my customers are people that are between the levels of uh, 64 and uh, 68 and who wants to make partner and <laughs> it was all very clear mm-hmm. and then suddenly uh, Microsoft lays off a 10,000 20,000 people however many people they laid off earlier this year so and then Duolingo lays off a couple of days ago thousands of their people and mm-hmm. new kind of skill begins to be appeared uh, called prompt engineering and LLM design and so on and so forth so here we see our customers now as those that may have job, may not have job, doesn't matter, maybe any 
age, uh, could be young people just entering the workforce or senior executives worried about their team's performance, CEOs um, dealing with boards, anyone who finds themselves uh, at a point of stuckness yeah. about their job and they want to resolve that stuckness, anyone who's finding that a lot of the old uh, uh, games are not working and now they want to explore or at least they're open to wanting to explore a new approach. Yeah. A new way of identifying a, a customer that doesn't fit the old stock, that doesn't fit the old uh, channel. But now with the LLM technology, even the ability to target your customers, YouTube already changed their algorithm. huh? You, you don't do the whole thing anymore. They will identify your audiences for you. Mm. So um, you need to redefine your belonging. Mm. That who are the people really that you will say are my people that I will care about. Mm. And that belonging, that standing, mm. without those people being easily findable through LinkedIn sales navigator or easily findable through some kind of a database game, uh, without that, you must first say, here are the people, here is the situation they are confronting, here is why I care about them. And yeah. then begin to take a look at your skills to see mm. what you might need to learn to mm. serve these people now. Mm. This is the central algorithm for expanding your career today. Mm. If you already have a job in a corporation, if you already have, then you already have that belonging. Your belonging are the people you work with. Yeah. Or people that you gonna, serve. I was going to ask you that, that this mm -hmm. is making a lot of sense for people that have their own businesses or are mm -hmm. entrepreneurs or things like that. But what about for people that, have been working in a job for a long time, maybe, um, mm. and are uh, feeling uh, stuck in their job, not and not feeling like they maybe have a belonging, or they might have a customer, but they might not. Um, you know, you know what I mean, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, uh, how 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 does this apply to 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 them? Hmm. You know, even more so, right? You're, you're even uh, if you're working in an enterprise, as I was beginning to say, you already have a belonging. You belong there. You work with mm -hmm. some people, mm -hmm. and you serve some people, mm -hmm. and you have a role. And maybe your role and what you need to do. You know, we need to unpack this feeling of stuckness that a lot of people have at work. A lot mm -hmm. of people have this feeling of stuckness at work because they they don't see how they can have an upward mobility. They don't see they become disempowered about being given orders and being given commands by the bosses and so on and so forth. The bosses and the workforce, they all have been working from the logic of industrial era, that the boss, the top boss, is the smart person, uh, and the smart person will tell you what to do, and you just need to follow orders. That kind of game is now leaving us. But bosses and the workers, they don't yet know what is the new game. Mm -hmm. People are people don't even think that they can negotiate at their jobs. People don't think they're human beings. People listen to what the boss says as like an order. So they mm -hmm. feel themselves unable to move because they give up their most fundamental capacity to negotiate what they're going to do, what they're not going to do, when they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Like a fundamental human being, you have this fundamental capacity that mm -hmm. you can say to your boss, 
yeah, thank you for your request. I can do it this way. I cannot do it this way. It doesn't make sense to do it that way. Mm. We have been too much in this top-down, top-to-bottom, command-and-control kind of structures. That's what and in stuff. that interpretation, people are having the interpretation like all roads are closed. Whereas mm. if you're already working in a company, you have an incredible opportunity. Mm. But to take advantage of that incredible opportunity, you need some skills. Mm. You need the skills for entering into important conversations. Mm. You need the skills for seducing people into opening important conversations with you. Mm. You need to, uh, you need the listening. Like I said, you need to install a new nose so you can smell what is bullshit and what is a serious challenge here. Mm. Today it's becoming harder and harder for people to tell between what is a bullshit and what is a serious concern here. This mm. sensitivity, um, that's what we have opened the school to cultivate this sensitive, this sensibility. And in the podcasts and our work that we're doing publicly, we're inviting people to begin to cultivate, become sensitive to the care, become sense and care. We're not talking like a feeling of care, yeah. like a psychological state, like, oh, I care so much. Here, yeah. we mean by care is... Um, is your your commitment to engage, your commitment to serve, your commitment to 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 give a to give a damn about yeah. some issue. If you're working in a corporation, the the care you're surrounded with that care. Mm. People think the care will happen later on when I will retire and start my nonprofit. Yeah. Okay. That's not when the care will happen. You're immersed in a care. You have a commitment to engage. How interesting it is, many people in corporations today, same thing in relationships too, even in a personal uh, and familial relationships, many people, they are engaged, they are in a job, they are married or committed or in partnerships, but they don't act like they have that commitment. Mm -hmm. They act like as if they are prisoners Mm -hmm. held against their choice. Yeah. And that mood, it creates all the resentment and all of the resignation and people try something and it doesn't work. And then they go like, well, if I cannot do it, no one can do it. And yeah. then people begin to live in these in these terrible moods yeah. that don't let you expand your career. Yeah. Hmm? Interesting thing in this conversation, we are not giving you formulas for expanding your career like a lot of the popular stuff does you know say these three things be the all those things are stopped working mm. it's becoming more important that who you are in a relationship to your bosses to your customers to your allies do you have allies at work mm. most people don't even think about having allies at work mm. most people have enemies at work almost everybody that's working in a in a in a blind manner have one or more enemies at work because how do we create enemy? I have an idea. You have an idea. I debate my idea. Like I'm telling you the truth. You tell me your idea. Like you're telling me the truth. And if I have more uh, uh, institutional power than you, then my idea wins. And now you're my enemy and I'm your enemy. Mm-hmm. This is the ontology of the resentment going on in enterprises today. So beginning to have allies. Now, how do you have allies? Allies are not those that think the same as you. No. Allies are those 
that you have the patience to listen to them and they have the patience to listen to you. Mm -hmm. You may not have solutions for each other, mm -hmm. but just beginning with the patience to listen to something that you normally don't agree with or you normally don't know. That's another point of uh, career growth. Often what we don't know, we disagree with. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It yeah. needs to, what we don't know, it needs to invite a mood of curiosity, mm. mood of uh, some kind of a joy at learning something you don't know. Mm. But we get stuck in our careers because we have these moods um, that if I don't know, then then I disagree with it. I only agree with what I know. And so escaping from this trap, I think is very important for building the moods that you talked about and expanding mm. your career. Mm. <laughs> you said a lot, a lot of amazing stuff about how someone can kind of apply this into uh, a work that they're like a corporate job, right? Um, and 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 one of the things you were saying that kind of hit me was that um, uh, I'm like blanking out right now, but it was just in my mind. That's um, okay. It'll come back. It'll come back. Wait, wait. Uh, what what did you just say when you finished? I don't remember. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. I, I think that uh, you know we are wait, we are saying wait. that that we need to reinterpret our oh, care. I got it. I got, got it. I got it. it. Okay, okay. <laughs> it thank goodness about... I didn't have to do the whole thing again. Yeah, yeah thank God. <laughs> no, it was about um the mood of uh, resignation, hmm. um and also resentment that can come in play. Um, hmm. this mood of like you were saying that we have. A lot of us are in relationships or are in companies, have a jobs, right? But we act as if uh, this is not the real thing. And then some other time when I retire, I will go and do the real thing. And then I will care about something, right? And it will mean something to me and my mean my work will be meaningful. Um, and I remember one of the questions you asked, uh, I think to one of our customers one time was, are the people you work with not worthy of your love, care and attention? Oh um, yeah. What's stopping you from committing to the people you work with fully and taking them on as you would as you would a family member with all of their uh, problems and uh issues um but like committing to them and committing to making it work um and learning like you said if you are missing some skills of negotiation and trust you know learning to develop that um, uh, but like a, a genuine commitment to the relationship, I think that's missing a lot for people. And I think that's what causes a lot of resignation and resentment. And then the feeling of being stuck in a job, whereas this very same job, if you just change your mindset about it, could be your dream job. It could be the thing that you do forever. And that delivers very deep joy and satisfaction and meaning for your life. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. That yeah, was... the easiest way to kill your career mm. is uh, start being resentful. You know, you mm. want to kill your career at any job, at any position. See, if you're a CEO, start being resentful about your direct reports and start being resentful about the board. Mm. And uh, it's a perfect timing. Uh, there's plenty of people available and you will be removed from your job. If you are an engineer, start being resentful 
about your manager and about other engineers that think differently from you. Yeah. Uh, this resentment uh, about not being validated, resentment about not being listened, not being noticed, um, that really blocks the care and ultimately it blocks your career growth. Yeah. Um, I actually think that in today's era, if you have a job and if you are part of some team, that is a blessing. You must count that as your blessing in the way because you have some people that you're surrounded by. Hmm. And now you can begin to explore uh, when nobody has told you to explore. If you're working in some uh, technical job and you notice that your uh, company is not yet exploring about AI and GPT, maybe you can take some leadership there. Hmm. You Maybe yeah. you can begin to bring a new initiative uh, to the table. Hmm. Oftentimes, when we think about taking leadership or bringing new initiatives, we want to make sure that we have the whole solution figured out before we open our mouth. Mm -hmm. We need to learn to open our mouths much quickly, mm -hmm. much urgently. Mm -hmm. My friend Chauncey Bell says that you need to open your mouths and, and make messes and then clean up those messes. So mm -hmm. we need skills for doing this kind of a job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And these are the skills that we are teaching people in our academy is how to navigate conversations how to make a mess, you know, learn to say, I apologize. Yeah. How many people haven't learned to say, I apologize. I am sorry. Yeah. I, I was made a wrong. mistake. Yeah. Hmm. I was wrong. I thought I knew better. I didn't. I failed to listen to you. Mm -hmm. uh, what matters more is our relationship, all of this. And all of these skills are not going to go away with ChatGPT or with AI. If anything, no. these skills are going to be even more important because AI cannot do the job of uh, creating relationship with, with someone, you know, with your coworkers, mm -hmm. um, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. right, right. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, AI can do a certain job maybe, um, mm. but, and we were talking about this yesterday as well, that the the job of creating trust building trust with someone um is going to be even more important than before because people have kind of um you always say we have worked with machines for so long that we forgot how to work with each other as human beings now right um, yeah. precisely precisely i think the industrial age gave us this um this habit of working with machines and even you know when we are talking with each other um we use machine language I remember mm -hmm. watching once uh, a documentary or a film made of Bill Gates's early, Microsoft's early, early days. And uh, this girl comes and asks Bill Gates, hey, do you want to hang out with me? And he says, well, I don't have bandwidth, you know, like a, it's a network and he doesn't have bandwidth. I thought mm -hmm. that was very cute. And that presented the, the, that presented the mood that, um, that we have had in our era. We have been mm -hmm. treating each other like we're machines, we're treating ourselves yeah. like we are machines. I think now that we're beginning to humanize computers, first of all, incredible amount of opportunity is there in that whole business of humanizing the machinery by putting the human language interface on every machinery. Um, so we're gonna be talking to, so far we've been talking to machines like how machines wanted us to talk to them hmm, with boxes and clicks and data and all of that. Now, 
we can talk to machines like how we talk to each other. Yeah. So even it becomes more important that we learn once again this lost skill of inventing new futures in conversations with each other. And that is the that is, I think that we can now maybe leave people with this uh, with this invitation to expand your career in conversations with your allies, with your colleagues, begin to take on concerns that are important to your customers. Yeah. And that will grow further your career. And don't worry about whatever your job title is going to end up being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this ending. I think if I were to take away two main things from this call, um, it's that, you know, let your commitment to and your care for your people, whoever you choose to belong to, whether it's the people you work with, your customers or um, your team, whoever they are, let that commitment and care for them lead you mm -hmm. um, uh, this year. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and to uh, ask the question of uh, how can I prepare myself for these changes that are coming yeah. um, to be able to navigate them and to take up into, uh, you know, take the, take the opportunity, see it as an opportunity and not as a, uh, as a blockage. Um, right on. Yeah. Yeah, good, yeah. good picking. And and th th that's not to say that we have done like a complete treatment of this topic. Mm -hmm. This is a big topic of how to grow yeah. your career in troubled times. But this is maybe our first treatment. Uh, we're beginning to explore. There's several other aspects of it, uh, such as, you know, learning the uh, skills and how can you learn how to learn new skills right away. But we will go after all this mm -hmm. in another conversation. Yes, we will. And if uh, people who are listening have um, would like to hear uh, talk us talk about a certain topic, then feel free to leave it in the comments, and we'll think about it. Yeah, we'll think about um, it. We love we love you engaging with us. So yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's it, right? That's it. I think I think we're good to go. So thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. And with this, we conclude episode thirteen of uh, Altwork Podcast. Uh, reinventing your career in troubled times, navigating the changing landscape of work. Thank you, Sakib, for sharing your expertise and insights. Um, and everyone, don't forget to tune in next time um, in the same place at the same time for more Altwork conversations. I am Victoria Rillas, and this has been the Altwork Podcast. Thank you. Mm -hmm.